Hey guys, this is Pastor Neil. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. Hey, would you do us a huge favor today? Would you subscribe, like, or leave us a review wherever you get this content? It really helps us reach other people with the gospel. Also, we would love, love to see you at our campus uh, on a Sunday morning. We meet at 1010 South Bowie Drive in Weatherford, Texas. You can check out our service times and more information about the church on our on our website, waterhousechurch.com. Check us out on Facebook or any other social media sites that you may have. We would love to see you. I pray that today you are renewed, restored, refreshed, and that your spirit comes alive. Now here is today's message. All right. Good morning, everybody. How are you all? Welcome to Waterhouse Church. We're so glad you're here today. Uh, I just have a couple of announcements before we get into the message today. If it's your first time here, you've been here for a long time and haven't had the opportunity to connect with us, we would love to get to know you. And so here's the best way to do that. In front of you, there's a little QR code. You'll see that. If you scan that QR code, it's going to bring up several links for you. On one of those, it says connect, and we would love to connect with you. And so if you just hit that connect button, it's going to give you an electronic form to fill out. And then we're going to send you a gift in the mail just for saying to say thank you for being here. And we just want you to feel that you're loved, you're, you're welcomed, and we're so glad that you're here. Above all else, I feel that you know that God loves you and that he sees you in this place. And so thank you for being here today as well. Another quick thing, um, as you've noticed, we've grown a little bit in the last year. Some of us are excited about it, you know. Uh, others are you know, like, well, that's great. Uh, but we have... Some, some needs and some, some, here's some needs. Here's the biggest need we have right now in kids' church. You know, when you take your kids over to kids' church, they're just not sitting in front of a video screen watching a video. They have people in there teaching them, training them, praying with them, loving your kids, showing them Jesus, right? We believe that children's ministry is vital. And so we need help in children's ministry. And so what we really need help for with more than anything is uh, we need help in the nursery, I know you're all excited about the nursery when I say nursery. We need help with the toddlers, okay? They need, toddlers need a lot of help, and we need a lot of people to help with the toddlers. Uh, and so we need some more help with toddlers with the pre-K, and then also with the pre-K. Uh, we need help with that as well. And then in the check-in area. So with the check-in areas, you check the kids in. If you have parents, you know the process. You go in, they give you a sticker, and they won't let you get your kid without the sticker. We do that to make sure that the kids are going home with the right parents, I know you try to give them away every week, but we give them back to you. Um, so we, we want to make sure that there's safety protocols are being met. And so we need help with those things. And so here's the best way to help with that. Uh, if you text the word KIDS, K-I-D-S, to 817-803-3131, you can sign up to serve in any of those areas. And here's one of the biggest needs we have. Since we've grown so much, we have a lot of kids in pre-K sometimes. And we also have a lot of kids in the kids the main kids service, the problem is there's an age gap there. And so some of the pre-K kids really need something a little more for their age. <laughs> and then some of the, the kids in kids' church, we're having to like go down to like first grade level with some of these kids that are in fifth grade. And so it's, it's kind of hard to teach them appropriate level age, age stuff. And so what we're needing to do is get a, a bunch of teachers, like at least eight, probably. It's a lot. And you're like, oh my goodness, we need eight more volunteers to take that group of kids from first, second, and third grade, right? That, that age group, K, K first and second, and then teach them. And so we're forming that through the summer. And so we just need help. We can't put it in place until we have help, right? So 
please sign up to do that. This is my begging you. Help wanted. Uh, we need help for the kids. Kids are important. You never know how much of their life you impact, right? I know my kids were impacted by kids' ministry. Like their, their faith is, was because it was formed in kids' ministry. Kids' ministry is vital. And so we need all the help we can get in that. Amen? All right. So it's my pleasure to introduce uh, Dallas and Dallas Reyes. He is a missionary, if you don't know who he is. Uh, he's a missionary to Ecuador. He is our home missionary to Ecuador. He served in kids' ministry for a long time, so he knows the importance of kids' ministry, right? And he's going into Ecuador to do more kids' ministry because he just can't get away from it. Uh, and, but he's, it's, it's awesome what God's done to him and through him and through his family. We're so excited for what they're doing and what God has for them. So he's going to share a message with you this morning. It's so powerful, so good. You're going to be blessed today. Yes. And so please welcome Dallas Reyes. Thank you so much. Like Neil said, I was the uh, kids pastor for about six years, and I can tell you I'd much rather preach to kids than adults. I mean, don't get me wrong. You guys are great, but kids are just easier, man. They're awesome, right? They're awesome. So who was here last week for Pastor Neil's message? Anybody remember Pastor Neil's week? It was a very powerful message, right? Y'all remember it? Thank Debbie's excited. Both services, she's been excited. He said, I will give you the power and the authority of Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. It was very powerful. It got me pumped up. I was really pumped up when I left out of here last week. If I would have seen Satan right out here on uh, South Bowie, I'd have tried to chase him down and beat him up. That's how powerful it was. That's how pumped up I was, right? So like Neil said, uh, my wife and I have been uh, approved and appointed as missionaries to Ecuador. So this is our inaugural itineration sermon, all right? So everybody say that with me, itineration. 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 So what we do is we're going to go to different churches in our district and preach and try to raise money for our mission trip, all right? It's a very biblical model. It's the way Paul's missionary journey went. He went from church to church preaching and raising money for his missionary journey. So the Assemblies of God follows that same model. So this is the, the first one. So y'all get the, y'all are my home church, so y'all get the director's cut. You get the, all the bonus features. I may go a little over, but Pastor Neil said, it's okay, I can roll over the minutes from last sermon where I only preached for about 15 minutes. I'm rolling, <laughs> I'm rolling those over into this sermon, so I may go over a little bit, so just bear with me, all right? So like I said, uh, we are uh, missionaries. Uh, I've been a nurse, though. I mean, you, a lot of you may not know, I've been a nurse for 23 years. I've worked in various different fields. Thank you very much. Thank you. I worked uh, in emergency room. I've worked 911. I've done a lot of critical care things, things like that. Uh, one of the things I did, I was a flight nurse for about eight years. And when you're a flight nurse, what you do is you, uh, you and your medic, I don't know if my boys knew that slide was going to be in there. <laughs> uh, so you when you're a flight nurse, you, uh, you and your medic and your pilot, you go and you go to a scene where there was a car accident or whatever it might have been. Somebody's hurt, right? Or you go to a hospital where somebody's sick and you take them to the hospital. That's what you do, right? Well, I met a lot of interesting people and met a lot of great people. Uh, one group of people that I met were the helicopter pilots. Are there any helicopter pilots here in the room? No? Okay. So one thing you have to know about helicopter pilots is they're not quite right in the head, all right? <laughs> They're a little different, right? So think about it. If you're an airplane pilot, you work with the wind. You have wings, and you kind of glide, and everything's really graceful, right? 
When you're a helicopter pilot, you literally beat the air into submission to make your machine fly. Like, pop, 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 pop. You literally beat it into submission, right? They're not quite right, all right? Uh, I didn't mention this in the last service, but uh, I didn't know this till after I had been a fighter for a while. There's literally one bolt and one nut that, hang, that holds the main rotor on to the helicopter, all right? It's called the Jesus nut, honestly. I was religious before I even came to Christ. I didn't even know it. I was flying around in something that had the Jesus nut holding the main rotor on. So anyway, a lot of the pilots that I flew with were trained in the military, all right? So you take somebody that's flying a machine that's not intended to fly, and then he also wants people to shoot at him while he does it, and you have a military helicopter pilot, all right? Well, one of the guys I flew with, his name was Ray, all right? Think Goose from Top Gun, all right? He wore the cargo shorts. He wore, you know, his flip-flops in. He'd have his Hawaiian shirt on. He'd have his mirror Ray-Bans. He was like the coolest guy ever, right? Well, you always wanted to fly with the military guys because they would always push the aircraft to, to its limits, right? So I'll never forget this. One night, we dropped uh, the patient off at the hospital. We are headed back to the hangar. And Ray gets on the comms. He talks to my medic. He asks us, he's like, hey, you want to see what zero Gs feels like? All right. Sure. So takes the aircraft up to about 5,000 feet, starts to nose it over, and starts to dive down. And we all become kind of weightless for a few seconds. You know, everything starts to kind of levitate in the back of the helicopter. It was pretty cool. Then he gets on the comms again. He asks me and the medic, he's like, hey, do you want to see what two Gs feels like? We're like, sure, yeah. So he waits to get to the bottom, and he pulls up real hard, and we bottom out, and we're coming up. And now we're just sunk down in our seats. We can't lift our legs off the, off the floor, right? We can, we're trying to breathe so we don't pass out, right? Then Ray asks, he's like, hey, Y'all want to see if we can fly under that bridge over there? We're like, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Just take us home, Ray. Just take us home. Well, one of the things uh, I learned from uh, all the pilots was the radio jargon that you have to know. You have to talk differently in the helicopter when you're talking to the air traffic controllers, when you're talking to the other aircraft, to the people on the ground. You have to say things like affirmative and negative and what a Charlie Foxtrot, Zero Niner. You know, I have to say all those cool <laughs> words, right? Well, one time he was talking to air traffic controller, Ray was, and he said, Roger Wilco. I didn't know what that meant. So I asked him, I said, Ray, what, what does that mean, Roger Wilco, when you said that to the air traffic controller? He said, it means I have heard the command, I understand the command, and I will comply with the command, Wilco, right? I will comply, or will complete the command, right? And he told me, the reason I say is that is that air traffic controller has to know very quickly that I've heard what he's saying and that I understand what he's saying and I'm going to do what he says. The whole system depends on me doing everything that he told me to do, right? It's the same. He told me it was the same in the military. A commander is over a bunch of different units and he's telling them all things to do. That he's, he's giving them all different missions, different orders, different commands. And the whole system depends on everyone doing what they've been told to do. They must complete the mission, right? It's, that's the mission mindset. You must complete the mission. Well, I'm here today to ask you, what's your mission? Do you know what your mission is? Well, I'm here to tell you, the Bible has laid it out for you. Imagine that. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says this. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have, what's it say? Amen. Commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. 
Jesus was telling his disciples this before he went to the cross. This is the very last verse in Matthew. And Jesus is going away to the cross, and he knows there's, a, there's still a mission that needs to be completed. And he's telling his disciples, this is what you need to do. You must complete this mission. The whole system depends on that, right? Well, as followers of Christ, we must also have that same mission mindset. We must complete the mission. Now, what does this look, for, what does this look like for you? You know, not everybody has to leave the country, right, to, to complete the mission. It may be something simple, maybe talking to people at work, right? If you're a teacher, talk to the people uh, where you teach at the school. If you work in the hospital, uh, talk to the people at the hospital, right, on a construction site. Talk, talk to the guys around you. Just preach the word to share and to care, right? You just need to take the gospel to them. I've been doing a Bible study on Isaiah recently, and it uh, had an illustration about what taking the gospel to people looked like. And it was, it, was very, uh, it was a great illustration, and it stuck with me. It said this. Imagine you're going into a barn at night, late at night, and you're carrying a torch in there with you. When you open the door, all the things that are accustomed to the dark will run from the light. But everything that's naturally attracted to the light will just come to the light. Same it is with the gospel. We are just asked to carry the torch into the darkness, right? That's all. We, let the, you let the Holy Spirit and the light illuminate who is who and what, and what they need to do. It's not on us to do anything with that. We should just simply carry the torch. Sometimes our human nature wants us to chase down the people that, that run away from the light. And, you know, you need this light. Take this light. You're doing wrong. Um, I know it's not always easy, though, at your work. Sometimes, uh, and I've, I've done it before, too, you shy away from teaching people about the gospel or, or preaching to people. You don't want them to think you're weird or whatever, right? Like, I don't want to be the weird Christian person. But then uh, on Wednesday, uh, Shane Allen, one of our youth, was giving a message up here. It was a great message. And he said this. He said, if people don't think you are the weird Christian person where you're at, then you're probably not doing something right. And I couldn't agree more. It was a very insightful young man. I was like, I'm going to include that in my message. That's great stuff. I see. Any people that I work with here today? All right. Real quick story. I didn't include this in the first service. It's a bonus feature right here. So here's a little indication of how you might know you're the weird Christian person at where you work, all right? If people all of a sudden begin to apologize for cussing in front of you, you are probably the weird Christian person at your work, all right? If people are like, cuss, cuss, cuss word, whatever, and they're like, oh, sorry, Dallas. I'm like, I don't ever know what to do with that when they apologize to me. I'm like, apology accepted. I don't know. I'm not the guy, like, right? Like, I've said all those words too, right? So like... I don't know. So if people start apologizing to you at work, you might just be the weird Christian person at your work. All right? So when you become a missionary with the Assemblies of God, they ask you about your call to the mission field, and they ask about it a lot, right? It's on the application, it's in the interview, and they ask you randomly in a group of people you don't know to stand up and tell everyone about your call. And so I had to get accustomed to that, and I heard a lot of different calls. And in that time, I would hear all the other missionaries' calls, and it always sounded so good. They're always like, I was eight years old when I heard God's voice that was telling me to go to Africa. I'm like, oh, man, that sounds awesome, right? <laughs> right? Or they're like, I was in high school, and I was praying, and, and God spoke to me. And he said, you're going to go to Asia. They just knew they were going to Asia since they were in high school, right? Well, I never had that call like that. I never had that burning bush moment or that Isaiah, here I am, send me moment, right? My call was like a movie that you watch 
all the way through, and you don't realize until the very end of the movie what's been going on the whole time, right? And it's tough to articulate that in a group of people, right, that they don't know you. I don't have that, that good call. I begin to think, like, my, my call didn't count or something. Like, maybe I didn't really understand it, right? I remember when a, a missionary came here, and they were talking about going to Ecuador, and they were going to build a library. Now, this missionary wasn't an Assemblies of God missionary. It was actually somebody from another church, there's a group from another church in town, and they were coming to try to recruit some people to help them go build this library. Well, it, it made me very passionate. It, it planted a seed in me. I remember calling Shelly. She was home with the boys. They were sick that day. And I called her. I said, babe, we're going to Ecuador. She's like, what are we going to Ecuador for? I was like, we're going to go to Ecuador. We're going to build a library. She's like, well, why are we going to go to Ecuador and build a library? I was like, I don't know. I don't know why we're going. Right? But that didn't end up working out. They, I don't remember them talking about preaching the gospel or doing the other things. They were just going to go build a library. But that call was planted in me, right? I heard the call, but I didn't yet understand the call, right? There was still a lot of training that needed to happen. God needed to walk me through that, pre- that process. There is a um, type of bamboo plant. It's called Chinese bamboo. And when you plant this bamboo in the ground, you have to water the same patch of dirt, and you have to cultivate the soil every day for five years before you see any type of growth above the ground. So every day for five years, you have to come back to the same patch of dirt. You have to water it. You have to cultivate it. You have to make sure everything's just right before you see any growth. But once that bamboo plant comes out of the ground and it hits the sunlight, it can grow at a rate of three feet per day or one and a half inches an hour, right? It's very similar, I think, sometimes to our lives when a seed is planted in us, and then we think God goes silent in our lives, right? I firmly believe that when God is silent in your life, sometimes he's probably got you right where you need to be. He's walking you through the process, just like he had to walk me through the process after I heard the call, I heard the command, But God walks me through in baby steps because that's how I need it. I need little tiny chunks and I can understand. And he walks me like a little toddler when you hold his hands and I'm walking. I'm like, okay, God, I got it. Right? He has to walk me through that process. I needed to understand what I was going to be doing on the field, ministering, teaching, and preaching. I had to become the kids pastor. Right? I had to learn how to minister and pour into the kids. I had to go to kids camp. Right? Learn how to manage the kids, how to have all these fun activities, all these different things to keep them entertained in the time between the lessons and things like that. I had to put on our own VBS to see what that looked like. How does that look? How do you, how do you move all these groups of kids around and, and keep them organized and all that? I had to do all this. I had to learn the things. I had to understand the command. Right? So I remember last summer, we were in Ecuador. We've been the last two summers. This will be our third summer to go. Uh, I remember last time we were there and we were talking to our host family, Jen and Mickey. We'll, we'll meet them here in a little bit. Um, we were talking to them and I said, uh, man, you're probably getting tired of us coming down. You're probably ready to take a break from us because it's very hard on them when we come down there. You know, they have to drive us all around. They have to take us grocery shopping. Uh, they have to translate everything for us. Uh, Mickey had to bring me toilet paper one time because they don't have toilet paper in the restrooms in Ecuador. You have to buy it ahead of time. I didn't know that. It's fair warning if you're ever coming down to visit, all right? <laughs> so I told Jen, I said, you're probably tired of us coming down so you can take a little break. She said, actually, 
I was thinking about asking you to become missionary associates, coming back for two years. And that was my, like, aha moment. That was when the whole movie had happened, and I was at the very end, and it was a huge reveal at the end of the movie. That's when I heard my call, and I knew. I knew that's what God had, been, had placed in front of us. Now, Shelly and I had to decide were we going to comply with the mission? Now, I could get into that, and I tried to get into that in this message, but I cried every time, and I'm not going to stand up here and cry. So. <laughs> but it's been very difficult to comply with that mission. All right, we got we to, gotta, <clears throat> no, I can't go there. All right. <laughs> so not everyone's mission is leaving the country, right? It may be local, right? It may be helping in the kids' building, right? It may be going over there and helping out. We need eight teachers. There's eight of y'all in here that, need to, that are filling that mission. You need to complete that mission. Will you complete your mission, whatever God has put in front of you? If you're in here today, God has a mission for you. God put you right here today to figure out what your mission is, where you are along that journey. Have you heard the call and you don't understand it yet? Or do you understand it and you're, and you're not complying with the mission, you're not completing because it looks too hard, it looks too uh, unreachable, Right? So will you complete your mission? So now I'd like to talk about what our mission is going to be, what we've already accomplished in Ecuador, and what we plan to uh, do. So I was in that that silent period, I call it. I was being trained in how to be a a kids minister and how to do VBS and all that time. And I think I was probably getting a little impatient. Imagine that, right? God was like, hurry up, God. And so I went and found the Assemblies of God World Mission uh, Missions page. And on this page are bunches of opportunities that you can pick from. This is the, uh, the website. And if you're thinking about being a missionary or this is something that maybe God's put on your heart, this is an excellent website to start. There's lots of opportunities uh, to go and pick many different areas you can go, many different opportunities for many different lengths of time. So if this is something that you're feeling very strongly about, I encourage you to go here. Well, I went here and I found this little opportunity in San Clemente, Ecuador, to teach VBS to kids. And I was like, hey, we know how to teach a VBS. We know how to teach kids doing all that. This sounds like a great opportunity for us. So we signed up, we applied, and we went down and we met Jen and Mickey. Uh, Jen and Mickey are the host family down there. They've been in Ecuador for about 10 years. They've been in San Clemente for about four or five. They've established a church there. And uh, we met these guys, and we love these guys. We're in regular communication with them. Uh, We take them care packages when we go down and meet those guys. We bring them barbecue sauce and ranch packets and all the things you can't get in Ecuador. You know, um, he's a duck hunter. I'm a deer hunter. Like, it was a match made in heaven, right? So... (laughs) We, we uh, get all lined up to go down there, and uh, we get there. Now, to get to San Clemente, Ecuador, it's a little tiny fishing town on the, on the coast, on the west coast of Ecuador. We have to fly to Miami, and then from Miami, you fly to Quito, and then from Quito, you fly to Manta, and then from Manta, you drive an hour south down to San Clemente. So we get there, and uh, we get to the church, and we hadn't even realized this, and we stand in there, and we see the name of the church, and it says El Pozo. Does anybody know what El Pozo means in, uh, in English? It's the well, the water well. So we flew from Waterhouse Church in Weatherford, Texas, 3,000 miles away to San Clemente, Ecuador, and found the water well church. Yeah. Confirmations, right? Com- God has been confirming this in, in little steps along the way uh, because sometimes we have doubts, right? But God, where God guides, he provides, right? So we've been on two short-term uh, VBS trips, two weeks each. So we've been down there four weeks total. 
Um, we, and we've just fallen in love with, uh, with the kids down there. Uh, their church where they're at is just open air type of church. Um, it's a converted nightclub or a bar or something that, that they found to rent. And uh, it's just cinder block walls. And you'll see along the top in the video maybe, you'll see where they um, have broken glass bottles along the top of the wall all along there. And that's the security system that the previous tenants had installed to keep people out of there. And it was just kind of like a culture shock to me. We walk into this building where these kids are kicking these soccer balls and throwing and playing, and there's broken bottles of glass shards all across the top of the wall. Like, this is a disaster waiting to happen. I just couldn't imagine if, you know, you had dropped your kids off this morning and you saw along all on the top of the wall or on the fence there was broken glass just waiting to fall on your kids. So uh, the very first week, or sorry, the very first night that we were down there, uh, Mickey had, had driven us from the airport, and we were waiting on Jen to get there. She had to do something with the church. And it was the five of us, me, my wife, Emily, Austin, and Tyler. We're all sitting there in, in the living room. And Mickey, I don't know why you decided to do this. He's telling about all the spiritual uh, darkness in there, in the area, right? And he's, he's telling us about all the, the, the battles that he's fought with, with this, the demons. And he's telling us about the black magic with animal sacrifices and the idol worship that's there and all the things that they've had to go through. And I remember him saying, he goes, you know spiritual warfare, but do you know spiritual warfare? We were like, whoa. <laughs> what have we got ourselves into? So quick story about spiritual warfare. And I can tell you, when, from being down there, um, it's a darkness that you can feel on you when you get down there. The enemy has a hold of San Clemente. We've, we've been attacked physically. We've been attacked spiritually. But we've been attacked mentally when we were down there. It's real. It's a, it's, it's a real thing. And I'll never forget, uh, we were down there last year, and we set up all our uh, set, all our backdrops and all the stuff that we had. And every morning when we got there, there were... Uh, cats that had been in there, and they were trying to destroy all of our set. They had pooped in the chairs. They had peed on our backdrops. They were scratching up all our stuff. And it wasn't until later that we found out that a week or two before we got there, they had laid hands on a man, and they were praying for him to rid him of evil spirits. And they said they were praying very hard. They were praying, and, and, and the man had an immediate release, and this evil spirit just released from him. And they said at that moment, when he had that release, they heard on the other side of the wall, these cats go like, start to fight like that. So I'm not saying that all cats are evil. I'm just saying these cats were evil. <laughs> all right. So like I said, it, 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 there's a darkness there. Spiritual warfare is real. Now, I'm not trying to paint it all doom and gloom for you, Okay. There's also the kids that we went down there to meet, that we've been down there, and we fall in love with these kids. These kids are the same everywhere, right, across the world. The kids are the same. They just want to have fun, and they want to dance, and they want to just be goofy with you. And so we take that, and we just try to associate fun with learning about Jesus. So when their parents are like, hey, let's go to church, they're, like, they're not like, oh, God. You know, they're like, they're going to go and have fun. They want to go to that place, right? So... We we're planting the bamboo seeds of Jesus in their hearts, right? Because we know we're not going to see growth for a few years, right? So uh, the very first year that we went down there, being from Texas, 
I felt like I needed to teach them some Texas things, right? Because you don't want to, they don't know any of this stuff, right? They don't know how to talk to a Texan. And so I taught them a few Texan sayings. One of the first things I taught them was to say, howdy, y'all. And then I taught them, yee-haw. And I taught them, giddy up. And then see y'all later, right? And I love this because I think about it in the future. They're going to be out somewhere in the world, and they're going to meet somebody, and that person's going to be from Texas. And they're going to be like, oh, Texas, howdy, y'all. Giddy up. See y'all later. You know, I was like, and they're going to be like, well, man, who have you been talking to, right? Uh, so, and last year we taught them the Cotton Eye Joe. It's essential information if you're, you know, a kid. So be looking for that in the video. So it's, it's, it's been good trips. It's been very rewarding. So like I said, we're beginning our itineration process. And uh, part of that is we need monthly contributions, right? We need people that are contributing every month. And we need a set cash amount. And they tell you in the email that they send you that, in the email that you're approved, that you have two years from that moment to start raising money. So they're like, you're approved, time starts now, go. You have two years to raise your money. So we're under the gun, right? So the other thing that we have to do is, uh, or that what we would like to do is have prayer commitments from everyone. Like I said, spiritual warfare is real, right? We need your prayers here. Uh, please stay in contact with us. Text us randomly, occasionally, and say, hey, we're praying for you. You're on my heart today. We're thinking about you, right? Uh, on the prayer cards that we're going to have in the back, there's a QR code. And that QR code, when you uh, take a picture of it, uh, will take you to a page, to our webpage on the Assemblies of God World Mission website, and it'll have a prayer commitment button. It'll show it up there in a, minute, in a minute. But on this prayer commitment button, I need everybody to click it, okay? And here's why. You see down there in the bottom, it says commit to pray regularly. Does everybody see that? There's, there it is. It, they count them. You see that? Six. We're already at 12 today. I checked earlier. Right. But here's the thing. If they're counting it, it's a competition. And if it's a competition, I want to win it. All right? So in two weeks, we're going to be down. Uh, we're going to be in Springfield, Missouri, training with all the other new missionaries. Okay? And I'll... I want to be able to look like, how many do y'all have? Oh, that's cute. That's a good starter number. That's... <laughs> Keep working at it. Keep working at it. That's good. So if you do nothing else, please scan the QR code. Go to here and, and, and click this button for me. That'd be awesome. Now, just below that, you see the Give Now button. I would also like you to hit that button as well, all right? Because that's going to be important. we got to raise the money. we got to eat, right? This pays for our food. It pays for our rent. It pays for our gas, for our vehicle, the haul, the kids around. It pays for all our supplies. It pays for all the things that we're going to do to minister into these kids. So um, once we get all our funds raised, we're going to go for two years. We'll be on the mission field for two years. And we're thinking that's going to be early 2025. Once we have all our money raised, we'll be down there. Uh, for two years. So here's what's uh, happened. With the money raised already from Waterhouse Church, we've been to do, able to do two VBS trips, four weeks, right? We've been able to minister to over, over 500 kids. I don't even know why I said 400. Over 500 kids. We've been able to train over 40 volunteers, and we've been to three different churches to do VBS. Yeah, so the word is spreading, guys. 
The word is spreading. People are, are coming to Jen and Mickey, and they're saying, hey, how can we get that at our church? We want that at our church. I'm telling you, man, we blow their doors off when we're down there. They ain't seen nothing like us when we come down there, man. <laughs> they, don't, they don't have this, what we have, right? So another thing they've been able to do is purchase new land for a permanent church home. They've already purchased the lot, so they're going to build a permanent church that doesn't have beer bottles along the top of the wall, right? Uh, so um, that's been one of the things that we're doing while we're down there is helping build that church, okay? So, so we're going to need some help with that as well. So I'm going to show you a video, some highlights of some things that we've done. And while this video is playing, just, uh, just think about, about your mission, what have you been called to do? What has God placed in front of you? You know, pray about it. Think about it. Um, we fully expect some of y'all to come down and help with the construction mission, right? To help with, uh, to come down and do VBS, whatever y'all are thinking. We fully expect that. We're, we're trying to create this pipeline between Waterhouse and the well, okay? All right? So watch this video. Thank y'all so much for being here. I appreciate all your help. Everything y'all have done for us already, we really appreciate that. And we know that y'all are going to continue to pour into us. So thank y'all so much for everything y'all have done. Y'all have a good day. Can you imagine what God can do in two years? They've been there two weeks, okay? Can you imagine what God can do through two years? And so we're just simply asking you to help send them, to help send them to Ecuador, to help send them to be a part. We're just partnering with them and what God's doing in Ecuador. It's been amazing to see all God's done through them. I remember the last time they came back, it's like, these other churches want to do what we're doing. It's so effective. They're calling these, this church saying, send them to us. Teach us how to do this because it's so effective. And there's a generation out there that they're going to reach, and it's an amazing opportunity. So would you partner with them? Partner with prayer? Partner with payments? <laughs> they, they need your money, you know, and we're not going to apologize for that because it takes money to make the mission go forward. And so maybe today you, you can give a cash donation. They need to raise cash donations. That's put up in case of emergencies, and they have monthly support. Maybe you can support them on a monthly basis. I can give them 10 bucks a month. I can give them $100 a month. I don't know what your budget is. But I pray that you partner with what they're doing. If we as a church, we're going to partner financially as well. But I think if all of us working together help partner, they're going to get them there quicker. And God, you get to be a part of that. All those kids that are hearing the gospel, you paid it forward for them to hear it. So thank you for that, church. So I want to. This is what I want to do because this may be the last time they're here for a while. They're going to go to training and then they're going to be itinerating, and so they're going to be going to other churches. I want to pray for them. So can we pray for them as a church? Can y'all come up here, all of y'all? Because you know he didn't go into the cost of of ministry of missionary work. Um, think of Elijah, Elisha. He had to burn the plows. Think of people that God called into the mission field. They had to leave everything behind, and they're having to leave everything behind. They're having to sell everything. They're having to move thousands of miles away from their boys because they're going to be here. Um, so they're, they're, they're basically burning the plows to do what God's called them to do. And so it's a huge ask. How much does ministry cost? Everything. So, again, it's that mission. Sorry, I know you're crying. I told you I want to make you cry. But there's a, there's a big cost. And so they're going to need our prayers, and they're going to need our support. And so let's just pray for them. Can we do that? Yes.
Father God, I thank you for this missionary team. God, I thank you for the Reyes family. What a blessing they have been here, God. Thank you for the years of investment they put into our kids. God, thank you for the heart for the mission field that you give them. God, I pray your blessing over them. God, I pray your anointing over their life. God, as they go to these churches, God, that it sparks something within these congregations to say, there's so much more I could be doing. There's so much more I could give. There's so much more that God has called me to. And God, that it helps them to get up and to say yes, to say, Roger Wilco, God, I will comply with what you've called me to do. And God, they're complying and you will give them everything they need financially, spiritually, emotionally. God, I pray protection over their children. I pray protection over them. God, I pray that you bless them. God, as we send them out, let us be able to give more than anyone else, God, to support their mission. God, we thank you for this. I thank you for the harvest that is waiting them in Ecuador. God, for these kids and families, that the darkness will be chased off by the light. And we thank you for that, Lord. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys. So while they get back down to their spot, this is what I want you to do. I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to, to serve? How do you want me to give? If anything, click on the link, be a prayer partner. He's, we're going to make him, we're going to, you're going to win. All right. You're going to win. Be a prayer partner because prayers are needed. Okay. So let's close in prayer and, and then I'll, I'll release you. Stop by the booth, talk to them and share with them. If you want to pick them up on a monthly basis, they will help you through that process. If you want to give a, a, a financial one-time gift, they can help you through the process as well. Or you can uh, write a check or give to the church if you want to give it towards missions. We'll make sure that gets to them and, and gets into their account. Um, so thank you for that. Father God, I thank you for today, God. I thank you for people like the Reyes family that says yes to you, God, that they hear your call, that they understand your call, and that they, they say yes to your call, Lord. I thank you for that. God, I thank you for this message. It's so powerful. God, send us out. Let us say yes to you today. God, I pray for those that came today. Lord, I pray that you, you met them, that you showed them who you are, that you revealed something to them today. God, I thank you for this opportunity to partner with you around the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week.